The Invincible Teams podcast is powered by Evergreen. Evergreen provides teamwork, training, and consulting to help your team thrive in every season. If you want to have a team that makes other leaders jealous, get started by going to their website in the show notes and scheduling your free consultation today. Welcome to Invincible Teams, a podcast for team leaders and business owners who are tired of dealing with drama and politics, high turnover, and teams not meeting their potential. We know that team leaders and business owners like you are pretty much always under pressure to get the most out of your teams. And we believe that every team should reach their potential and that if we get intentional, our teams can become invincible. Welcome back to Invincible Teams. I'm your host, Ryan Mayfield. Today on the podcast, we are talking about dynamic development. And if you don't know what I mean by that, stay tuned because my guest is going to let you know very soon. Her name is Alexis Gervin, and she is a people developer in Akron, Ohio. Alexis and I both work with a company called Giant Worldwide, which offers some incredible tools and resources for anyone looking to develop themselves or their teams. So without further ado, here's my interview with Alexis Gervin. Alexis Gervin, welcome to Invincible Teams Podcast. How are you? I'm doing really well. Really glad to be here. I am very excited to have you here. Uh, you and I have been talking a little bit before this, and uh, I just think you've got some really fun, uh, exciting things to share with people. And so excited to have you on. Uh, I do want to finish a, a conversation or comment that you just said, like, 35 seconds ago before I hit the record button um, that you had a, a um, did you say it was a job? What was it with, with surfing chiropractors? I'm going to need you to tell us about that. <laughs> going to need to unpack that a little bit. Yes. Yeah. It was actually my first job right out of college. I worked for a wellness program and chiropractic office dual function in Boston right outside of Boston, actually on the North shore of Massachusetts. And I worked with three of the most incredible individuals still to date that I have ever met. And they were uh, surfing chiropractors. They were chiropractors who I'm pretty sure though their full-time job was chiropractic was actually, you know, administering chiropractic to patients. I'm pretty sure they were also full-time surfers. And if anything, that, that took priority over their actual full-time work, but yeah. they were, um, they were incredible and so dynamic. And that's where I was telling you, I got my nickname from because they couldn't call anybody by their first name. So I don't think any surfer actually has or goes by their first name. I think they all have nicknames. <laughs> so yeah, it, it was a awesome and incredible first job to, um, to be a part of. So, but they just happened to be, they were chiropractors that happened to surf. They weren't like chiropractors that only worked on surfers or they weren't surfing Correct. to their chiropractic clients or Correct. anything like that. Okay. No, they gotcha. were, they were just chiropractors that loved surfing and surfing became very much a part of the culture in the chiropractic office that we did work in. I see. Okay. I was thinking those were somehow intertwined and I thought it was a very niche, um, you know, <laughs> thing, but Hey, whatever, that sounds great. Well, I, I'm excited to have you here. Why don't you take just a second and introduce yourself, tell people who you are and what you do. Yeah, thanks. I just, I feel like titles can change so often 
you know, especially in the coaching world and the developing world, I feel like they can so quickly shift and change. And so um, I right now currently am a people developer and I'm really focusing in the areas of leadership development and personal growth. And I would say so much of that really just comes from a heart that I've had for so long to really help people slow down to actually consider what's going on underneath the surface mm-hmm. and to just name and articulate patterns and tendencies that they have that maybe they see or maybe they don't see. And then to give them tools and help them develop habits to grow through some of those tendencies and actually grow into full health, to grow into healthy leadership, to grow into healthy human beings, mm-hmm. um, and to really kind of move out of accidentalism and into a place of intentionality and health. And I think too, you know, we have, we live in a culture, we know this so well, that is so driven by productivity and efficiency and execution mm-hmm. and very often doesn't make a lot of time for relationship communication mm-hmm. connection that that so often can be seen almost as secondary to those priorities of productivity etc yeah but i'm such a huge believer that when we actually make the time for those things and we actually put time and energy and resource and and real intentionality into the development of relationship and communication and connection that we see such exponential growth in those other things. And so that is so much of my heart is putting time and energy into those things and helping people put time and energy into those things um, so that they can really get to a healthy, healthy space. And I will just say right now, I've been doing a lot of work with the company that you and I both know and love Mm -hmm. called Diant Worldwide. Um, based out of Oklahoma City, Mm -hmm. that is really a leadership development and personal growth company that is centered so much on helping develop healthy, humble, hungry leadership. And so much of what they do is cultivating tools, actual tools, visual tools, Mm -hmm. very simple and really sticky to help people do this very thing, like learn what it means to calibrate support and challenge for themselves, Mm -hmm. and then know themselves really well, lead themselves really well, and then to fight for the highest good of the people that they lead. And so, so much of my work now has been really using a lot of the giant tools to help people develop that health. Yeah. So are you doing that mostly for individuals, mostly for companies? What does that look like? Yeah. Right now it's a combination of both. I'd say majority of my client work is with individuals right now, working one-on-one to really dive deep underneath the surface and find out what the broccoli in their teeth is, like we like to say. Yeah. But a good amount too is with some teams that have been doing nonprofit work, um, actually with a nonprofit based out of Sri Lanka that have been doing a good amount of work with the last few years. Um, And then a few other smaller teams that are here in the States. You know, you mentioned Giant, and I'm sure we're going to talk some more about them later and um, even in some future episodes. Spoiler alert for people. Um, probably won't be the last time you hear from Alexis. Uh, but before we jump into that kind of stuff, you know, we wanted today to talk about uh, what we're calling dynamic development, right? And so why don't you start by kind of defining some terms? What does that term mean? Um, and, and yeah, just tell us more about that. Yeah. When I think about the term dynamic development, what I think about is really creating 
and accessible, energizing, rhythmic way in which you are steadily offering your team the capacity to grow, mm. both personally and professionally. I'd say it's really essential for, for both arenas to be touched on when we're thinking about dynamic growth. And I like to think about it like a muscle, you know, like any other muscle that needs to be worked pretty consistently in order to grow, in order to be strengthened. Mm -hmm. Growth is a dynamic thing. We know that development, I think really needs to be seen as a dynamic thing as well. You don't just, you know, pop into the gym once and do a set of deadlifts, some pull-ups, some push-ups. Is, push is that my problem, Alexis, that I've only gone like once and that I was that wondering why it didn't work. Might be a topic for a different podcast, but very possibly, right? I don't know. We haven't we haven't <laughs> talked about this yet. But we all know that going into the gym once and then thinking, okay, great, I got my workout done for the year and heading out. It's just not realistic, right? That's right. not that's not how growth takes place. That's not how developing strength works. That's not how staying healthy works. And so if we're talking about staying healthy from an overarching personal and professional standpoint, we have to think about it as an ongoing process, mm. as an ongoing journey of naming tendencies, naming new things that you're learning about yourself, and then actually accessing tools to work through those things and grow in those areas of opportunity that are being named. So I think first, you know, dynamic development, it's a muscle. I think secondly, it's a really proactive versus reactive process. Hmm. You know, we know um, culture forms regardless of mm -hmm. whether we're intentional about it or not. Cause yeah. we know that culture eats strategy for breakfast, but at the same time, culture in and of itself as a, as an entity very quickly cultivates either by default of the people that are making it up, or if we're actually, you know, if the leaders of that culture or even just the, the members of that culture, if anyone within that culture is really being intentional about some of the foundations within it, um, then there's such greater capacity for the for that, that culture itself to be healthy, right? When, when people within it are being intentional to put elements of health into the actual mm -hmm. culture. Mm -hmm. and, and so I just think about um, dynamic development really being a proactive way to create healthy culture where the expected DNA of the culture is that people are growing and developing on a regular basis. And I think too, that, you know, leaders so often have a list a mile long of all the things that need to be accomplished on you know, a daily basis, a weekly basis, monthly basis. And so, so often the intentional development of their people can kind of just fall by the wayside, mm. but to have a regular system and a regular process of ongoing accessible, energizing, rhythmic development in place, I think is just really crucial to the development of healthy culture. Um, yeah. And I think those, those are two really crucial components of it. And, and we know too, that so much of the workforce right now is made up of millennials, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in, in that there's the mindset that they need to understand not just what they're doing for work, but why they're doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, and really having that sense of purpose and mission in their work. So to have a system in place or a culture that's really centered around dynamic development, I think helps then the millennial mindset helps really any team member that's a part of a, of a culture like that understand what it looks like to be a human being and mm. not just a human doing. Yeah. Well, I there's so much there that we could unpack. I mean, it could be its own 
podcast episode. <laughs> I, I think the thing that sticks out most to me that I just really latch onto is you said that, you know, culture is going to happen regardless of if you're intentional about it or not. Right. Um, there's, I think it's been several years ago now, but I remember having that insight of like, there's no such thing as a neutral culture, right? Mm -hmm. Culture exists and it doesn't matter if you mean for it to or not, it's going to. And so that intentionality that you're talking about is so important Mm -hmm. um, because that's you taking control of, you know, the culture of your team, your organization, whatever it is, and deciding what it's going to be rather than just letting it, you know, fall out however uh, it may, which may or may not be good for you and right. for your team, right? Right, totally. And it, and it has incredible capacity to be relatively healthy, even if that is the case. But what are we missing in mm. not being intentional in it? You mm. know, we don't, we don't know what we don't know. So we don't know the greater capacities that that team or that organization in and of itself could be reaching or could be at what, what other... Um, levels of potential they could be really moving forward in um, if if that culture was more intentional. It makes me think of, you know, if you've got somebody that's playing sports, like uh, a baseball player, like most people that, you know, have arms can swing a baseball bat, right? Like that's not the most complicated idea in the world. Uh, but if you, you know, just grow up playing baseball, swing a baseball bat, how you feel like you should. I mean, you can be decent at it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if you want to go to a whole nother level, I mean, that's why professional baseball players have swing coaches, right? Mm-hmm. And people that are so hyper intentional with those things that take it from what might be a natural decency to an intentional superiority. Yeah, right? yes. yeah. where it really becomes a strength. Correct. Yeah, I would would say you're hitting the nail on the head there. And again, so much of it is rooted in that whole concept of choosing to be intentional instead of accidental and really choosing to be proactive instead of reactive and actually respond to what they know they they could really level up in. Mm -hmm. Well, so I think we're already talking about this, but let me back up just a second uh, and and talk about this. If you are presenting this idea to a team leader, business owner, somebody that might be listening to this podcast right now, I see a lot of team leaders or business owners thinking that stuff like this is maybe just a distraction from, from their real goals, from what they are there to do. I have a company that sells widgets, right? Why should I care about personal development for people whenever that's not the goal of this company? Uh, What would you say to somebody like that? Why is that not the right mindset? Mm. One of my favorite phrases is the tyranny of the urgent, Mm. Mm -hmm. right? Because it's such a power pack statement. Like, man, the way that putting out fires can become the very thing that we are all about letting the urgent run life rather than actually making time for the important and the things that aren't necessarily backlit and buzzing and shouting at us all the time, but are really important and really will do an incredible job of building into, you know, the long game and really putting, um, putting energy into the long game and putting effort into things that are going to help us in the long run can be so um, valuable and yet 
so often have a return that has to be seen over time. And so when when people are thinking, when leaders are thinking, gosh, it, it would be really nice to do some development work, but it's not really essential. And we have a ton to execute on. We have a ton of work to actually check off this list. We can't really put time towards development. You know, we can't really put time towards just connection and relationship and that kind of stuff. It sounds fun, but no. I would say to that, that you, we are missing out on so much because the reality is the kind of exponential growth and exponential capacity and alignment and effectiveness that come and engagement even that comes from just taking some time away to put towards those things is really immeasurable. It's, it's like, well, we don't know what we don't know. So, so often we don't know what making a little bit of time for those important things then does for the long term, the long run, and then also does for helping us with the urgent mm-hmm. when the urgent pops up, much easier to address and maybe even much more fluid and much more organic in its nature of being taken care of because we're putting out, we're, we're pre putting out fires, we're mm-hmm. allowing for greater communication capacity within a team so that when urgent things pop up, we can execute on them without friction. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that there are people out there that would identify with that. Um, You know, if you are listening to this right now and I ask the question, what would you do with your time if you spent less of it putting out fires? Mm. Like that question might light you up because you might feel like all I do is put out fires, right? Right. And what we're talking about here is a vision of a world, of an environment, of a team culture where you actually have capacity to do something besides put out fires all the time to, to expand, to grow your business, to, to whatever it is that you, that thing that you know you need to be doing, but you never get to because you're dealing with this issue or that issue or whatever. And, and, you know, you talk about the intangible kind of parts of it, but I also want to highlight some of the tangible stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like if, if your people are being developed and growing and getting better at communication, getting better at execution, all those different things you talked about, there's a real bottom line impact there mm-hmm. for, for team leaders and business owners, right? The better you are at communication, I mean, do you think that's going to positively impact or negatively impact your customer feedback? Well, positive, right? The more customers that you keep, the more money you make, right? So there's also those tangible aspects to it that I don't, I don't want to, um, you know, brush over. It, it really does have an impact on that part as well. Wouldn't very, you say? Very, very much so. Yeah. I'd say it impacts the bottom line in a beautiful way. So often it's qualitative data that we're talking about, which is harder to quantify, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. not quantitative data right off the bat, but over time, this kind of work does produce quantitative results. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think you're, you're spot on in saying it really does hit the bottom line in a very tangible, very practical way. It's just often the long term that that has to be considered over and, you know, a serious amount of time because so much of this work doesn't necessarily happen overnight. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as you talk about team development stuff, there's a few kind of words that you uh, use that I want to key in on for a second and get more of your thoughts on. So uh, you talk about things being rhythmic, being accessible, being energizing. Um, Let's talk through those. When you say rhythmic, what is that? What does that mean? And why is it so important that, that teams development opportunities be rhythmic? Great question. I'm such a believer in rhythm. 
I love, I love the whole concept of rhythm. I think um, as 21st century humans, and especially as 21st century Americans, we are arrhythmic on a lot of levels. Oh man. Yeah. Right. And just because we have now these devices that we take our work home. And so there's very blurred lines of when work ends and when rest starts, when rest ends and when work starts, it's sort of really hard to delineate, really hard to define. Mm -hmm. And so we therefore have to be that much more intentional, I think, about how we set those boundary lines. So what I would say as far as dynamic development being rhythmic and why that's one of the essential components of it is that it's needing to be a steady and ongoing process, not just a one-time deal. Hmm. And that whole, that whole idea is that the, the titration in of regular great development content, regular tools to be accessed, regular, um, yeah, real content for people to chew on and to let transform them doesn't just happen overnight. It really does have to be this sort of ongoing process. And, you know, in that, I think about great events, right? Like great development weekends or retreats Mm -hmm. that are so profound and can be absolutely life-changing on a lot of levels and really memorable, but so often they wind up being inspirational and informational and educational, but like not fully transformational because Mm -hmm. it's a one-time thing that then a month later, 75% of that information is lost, like, right. Like it's forgotten. And so to have something that's rhythmic, I think is just that much more transformational overarchingly. Yeah. Well, I love that. I couldn't agree more. I, so with my uh, work that I do, I offer a lot of those, you know, one-time workshop kind of things, Mm -hmm. but I always try to encourage people to do the ongoing stuff. So that's, that's what I love to do most is there's a lot of teams I meet with month after month after month um, to, to help them actually apply that kind of stuff because those workshops are great. And like you said, they, there's a lot that can come from them, but uh, if anybody's ever been to a workshop like that, they probably gave you some sort of booklet or manual or folder, right? Um, and I could almost guarantee, bet a lot of money that it's still on the same bookshelf that it was when you got home from that thing, right? <laughs> I mean, away. It, it is. Uh, most people will think if they've been to one, they're like, dang, it is. It's right there on my bookshelf. Haven't opened it since, you know? Right. Um, and so it's so good to keep that ongoing thing because yeah, things come up, work comes up, our to-do lists come up and that kind of stuff gets pushed to the back burner. And so I think you have to do that. The other reason that I tell people that's so important is because your team is always growing and changing, right? So you go through a workshop together with a bunch of people. And then next month you hire three new people. They don't have a clue. They weren't there for that. So now either they become outsiders when the rest of your team is talking this language, or eventually your rest, the rest of the team stops using it so that they can incorporate these new people. And eventually all the lessons that you learn fade out. And so, yeah, that rhythmic ongoing opportunities for people to develop, uh, I agree is just so, so important. Yeah. And I think what you just said there too, it's so much about the languaging. And we, again, use that term. We use the concept of developing a leadership language so much in the giant space because culture develops around language. And so you're right. You have, you know, your team of people that you teach a concept to, or you teach some languaging to, and then you have three new people come in and they automatically can feel like outsiders and they don't necessarily learn 
the language. And yet so much of the language that we would be creating or the language that we want to be creating is specific to the culture that we're in and um, just intentional around um, concepts that we have focused on as a team. And so that, that importance of languaging is so crucial. And I think about just language wise and thinking about a quote that I love from John Maxwell, it just says, you'll, you'll never change your life until you change something you do daily. Mm-hmm. And it's that whole idea of your secret of success is really found in the daily routine. And I, I think for cultures, for whole organizations, that's really important and really applies very, very much so. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, so that's rhythmic. That's the first one. The next one I wanted to talk about was accessible. So what does it mean for development to be accessible? Yep. Accessibility, again, in a culture like ours is pretty crucial, right? Where now everybody's taking home their laptops and taking home their phones. I think the the term just means that it's actually accessible 24-7 whenever teams or whenever individuals are actually wanting to access it, but doesn't necessarily have to be spoon fed to them by their leaders because Mm -hmm. then it it is accessible for them. Um, I think that's really freeing for leaders as developers of their people to know that they can be on the journey with their teams and really sort of spearheading it, but it doesn't all have to rest on them to drive the development of their people. And so to have a system kind of running in the background where their people can regularly be growing and getting both support and challenge without them having to drive, drive that whole thing can really be efficient and effective and productive. Um, and so I think just the capacity for individuals to access it whenever they're really looking to grow and whenever they're wanting to share it with others, I think it's a really cool thing too, to be able to have visual tools where you can teach people on a napkin at your dinner table, you know, the things that you're learning at work, but that you can actually apply to anywhere you actually have influence Mm -hmm. yourself, your family, your ministries that you're a part of. There's, there's so many other ways that if these tools are valuable for communication and connection with humans, and it's not just going to necessarily say they're not just going to necessarily be used within a team context at work. They can be used in lots of different arenas. So that's kind of what I mean when I'm saying that um, dynamic development needs to be accessible. Yeah. Well, and I know that that obviously like is good for any team, but especially right now when you're talking about teams being remote and as that becomes more normalized, teams that are going to be physically distant and even whenever you know people can gather back together, they won't because they are going to be more remote teams. Um, that is a huge element of that because you can't get everybody together so easily um, in kind of this new remote work world, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. And especially now where everything is digital, it makes it, it makes it so beneficial to have something, um, have something that they can access whatever time zone they're in and whatever part of the country they're in, they have um, the convenience and, and therefore when, you know, inspiration strikes and they're wanting to stay up and read for an hour, you know, they, they can't sleep, then they can actually access the thing. Um, I think it is just a worthwhile thing to have things be obviously digital and accessible that way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the last one uh, on the list there was energizing. So uh, how do team leaders make development energizing for their people? 
I would say answer to this is really two specific ways. One would be plugging into a process that's updating for them so that they don't have to be reinventing the wheel. I think for leaders to be um, focused on the main things, obviously their people are a part of it, but they, we all know everybody's got a mission. Every organization is creating a something, is creating a product, is creating a system is creating a service there that there are so there's so much that needs to be moved forward in Mm -hmm. that development is obviously a great component of it but ideally if there's something that the leaders can tap into where again they're on the journey they're on the bus with their team but they're not necessarily having to drive the whole thing i think Mm -hmm. just creates such a restful space such a relaxed and therefore more organic place for growth for everyone involved because the leaders know that that they have a tested, proven system that's already working for them that they're not yeah. having to constantly create. So that's kind of one way I would say is plugging into a process. And then second is just by doing it themselves. I think leaders themselves to model for their teams what growth really looks like and what steady effort and intentional effort in the growth and development space looks like just means having integrity to do it on their own as well. And again, just like all of us are so full scheduled, you know, I like, mm-hmm. I like to think about it more as we're not necessarily busy, but we've all got really full schedules, which is probably just a euphemism for all being like really busy <laughs> and running around with like chickens with their heads cut off. But I would say that, you know, for leaders to constantly make their growth, their own growth and development of priority is obviously the best way to inspire it in others. I think about some of the leaders that I've sat under who have done the best job of keeping their teams energized and inspired have been the ones that we've all known as a team around them, that they are just regularly pouring into themselves, regularly reading, regularly listening to podcasts, just digesting great material um, and doing the very work that they're asking us to do. I think that's so good. I, you know, there's a lot of teams that I've gotten to work with where that is the case, right? But uh, I've also actually had a little bit of experience with, uh, there's one team in particular I'm thinking about where the leader was not modeling that. And so this company scheduled a workshop with me. Um, It was supposed to be, you know, a several hour workshop, but the leader uh, himself did not prioritize it and did not show up. And so in this company uh, with a lot of different franchises in their corporate office, three people came to the workshop. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that, never, that never looks good for anybody involved. <laughs> I was just like, well, we're going to make this short and I'm going to get out of here because this is not no one cares, you know, mm-hmm. and I know it was because the leader didn't have time for it you know, or so he thought. Um, so yeah, I know, I know what that's like when it works and I know what it's like when it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And, and it is, I think to the reality is, you know, time is of the essence. Time is definitely a commodity for all of us right now. And so figuring out how to make it an appealing process, make the whole development journey a really energizing one, I think is, is crucial. Um, but that definitely is a combination art and science for sure. Yeah. 
Well, so I've got a question for you here that you may, you know, I may be setting you up and you can't answer it. Uh, you've said here a few times that we don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. And so the, the question I have is, what do you think is at stake, right? If a team doesn't embrace this whole dynamic development thing we're talking about, what are they missing out on? Is there any way you can talk about that? Well, I think the essence of that very statement, we don't know what we don't know, is I, I love thinking about the possibility behind that, right? The possibility mm-hmm. that that suggests and that there's so much potential, there's so much capacity that could be untapped if mm-hmm. we aren't really pressing into the organic process of finding out, you know, what are we really made of? And what does this team have the capacity to do? And if we are, if we're pouring into it, then we do have a little bit more um, opportunity to find out. I think the the kinds of things we know are potential options for if we're not putting time in to embracing the concept of development and really, you know, putting energy and resource towards it. I think a lot of times that is what leads to burnout, mm. you know, people not understanding themselves and not knowing how to lead themselves well. And then very often winding up blaming others, whether it be their team leaders or even members on their team, when really, if they understood some of themselves better, like if they understood their own tendencies and the way that they process information, and if the team has done work to help each other understand each other's voices on the teams, mm-hmm. then are on the team itself then incredible dissension can be prevented. And Mm. that, that burnout of like just knowing where their own boundaries need to be and tendencies and communication where those are understanding even just every individual understanding their own boundaries of work and rest. I think even that winds up preventing a great amount of burnout. So I think there's that, I think there's also the turnover idea, you know, the whole, um, being able to cultivate engagement. We don't know what we don't know. We don't know how engaged some of our people could be if they were really loving their work. Right. And, you know, there's so many times that people by nature of the role will take on capacities and develop new skill sets and things that they need to just for the sake of being able to serve a role. But so often, again, in this process of knowing yourself to lead yourself and, and giving people tools to actually identify what energizes them, what lights them up. Sometimes you find out that what they're doing, like the things that they are functioning pretty well in aren't, isn't necessarily the right hand. It's kind of their left hand they've had to develop. So Mm -hmm. understanding what their right hand actually is and what they're really energized in doing, what they are wired, nature and nurture has wired them to actually do really well. Mm-hmm. To be able to understand those things, I think then gives so much capacity for engagement and so much greater capacity for then a team to work together in a, in a manner and method that's that much more enjoyable and, and makes people want to come to work. So even though we can't necessarily say like right off the bat, we don't, we don't know what we don't know because we don't know what we don't know, we don't know it. Yeah. But at the same time, we can at least say what we do know, which is the ideas of burnout. The reality of burnout is very prevalent. And the concept of turnover is one that nobody wants present in their business. We, we want engagement over turnover always. So yeah, I think that's probably, that would be my uh, organic answer to that question. <laughs> Well, you know, if you're listening right now, you may be going, man, is this just like one 
big sales pitch. Like I feel feel like we're going hard on like trying to convince people to do something, but the reality is that we're talking about this right now because we really do believe in this and have seen the impact that it makes in people's teams and businesses. And like you were saying earlier, even in their lives outside of their work. Right. Right. And so, you know, if, if we've got somebody on the hook right now, right. um, You know, that's been listening and they're going, okay, I'm in, what do I do next? What would you say? What's uh, a practical step that uh, a leader can take to implement some dynamic development for their team uh, and don't be afraid to self-promote. <laughs> I appreciate the disclaimer, Ryan. I honestly, my first answer has to be the system that I know so well has been proven and tested and come out with flying colors every time. And that is the giant invincible operating system, which is this incredible combination, I would say, of almost Netflix and Peloton hmm. for leadership development, yeah. right? Like when, when we look at the platform right now, doesn't, isn't that what it looks like? It's like, it, this, yes, it's so <laughs> it's beautiful. A for one or B it's so easy to use and it's so much fun to kind of click around on. Cause there's so much incredible content, mm-hmm. but so much of what it actually is, is a very proven system that actually just creates time and space and then gives the content Mm -hmm. for this dynamic development to actually happen for conversations around development, gives the tools for people to actually apply and not just to learn about, not just to be educated on, but then to actually walk through and apply to their day to day. And the way that that works is, you know, invincible operating systems so that for people who have never heard of it before, I know that most of your listeners most likely will be kind of familiar with this whole giant concept and the idea bit. of their tools. Yeah. Um, but just the idea that, you know, the invincible system is really made up of three parts, the assessment, the tools, and then the rhythm of implementation. And so after taking an assessment and really kind of considering where their team is strong and then where their team really has areas of opportunity to grow, then we go and actually look at the 65 tools that are there, all visual, all very simple, very sticky concepts Mm -hmm. that are used to introduce the languaging of development and leadership and what it looks like to fight for the highest good of others, what it looks like to remove walls of self-preservation, what it looks like to actually understand your core, your personality quotient, your emotional quotient, in order to actually understand yourself well in the midst of working on a team. Um, and working with others. And so being able to walk through that assessment and then apply some of those tools, but then the rhythm that is created and the implementation of the actual system is working with a coach that's actually going to be, just like we talked about a little bit earlier, the person that's kind of driving the ship for Mm -hmm. the sake of keeping everyone engaged in and knowing what to access on that platform. So the platform is 24-7 accessible. It Mm -hmm. is designed to be rhythmic in and of itself because of the cadence that we follow of coaching. But then on top of it, it's energizing because we're actually implementing coaching into the process. So not only are they learning the tools, but then there's a regular rhythm of coaching for the sake of actually breaking down, getting into the nitty gritty, applying, using our little core process. What does it look like to actually apply um, the concepts that we're learning in the day-to-day of the life and the team. So yes, shameless plug for the invincible system. And man, it is 
worth being shamelessly plugged for. <laughs> yeah, I agree. If somebody wants to get in on that, what's step one? What do they do? So step one right now, there are lots of different ways to actually access it. However, um, one of the ways that they can do it right now is just actually heading over to my little website, which is up and running and is fantastic because it's got the capacity to just connect right to me. I will send you the link to both start the process of finding out about Invincible and then also just to do some really great development for yourself right off the bat to Mm -hmm. be able to take the five voices assessment, which is derived from the Myers-Briggs is a leadership concept that the founders of giant set up for the sake of really understanding what it's like to be on the other side of you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you can start with that as well. And that leads you into just the the journey leads you into the start of the journey of understanding um, the ideas behind the platform. But yeah, all of that, we can, we can get people set up really easily um, if they just want to reach out and connect via the website. And what is the website? So my website is alexisgarvin.com. Okay. And they can go over there to actually connect them on that. That would be the main way. There's also my um, social um, up on all of the social media platforms as well. So Instagram and LinkedIn, both easy access as well. Okay. Well, and I'll put all the, those links and everything in the show notes. So if you want to connect with Alexis, you can scroll down on whatever platform you're using and um, click on those. But I know you've also got something coming up soon. I think you're trying to fill some groups with some people. So talk about what you've got going on now and how people can connect with you if they're interested in that. Sure. So we actually have a program coming up called the 100X Leader that is starting in March. And it is a leadership development cohort that is based very clearly in each of the things we've been talking about right now, based in understanding yourself to lead yourself in knowing what it looks like to calibrate support and challenge for those that you lead and really learning what fighting for the highest good of those you lead looks like. Um, It's designed right now in a year long cadence. So beginning in March, it will be a monthly meetup where we're actually obviously all digital, um, where we're meeting for a half day workshop every other month to dive into some of the tools and really understand what becoming a leader worth following looks like, what building a leader worth following looks like, and then what leading organizations that anybody wants to be a part of actually looks like as well. And that's what so much of the content will be based in, in those half-day workshops. But then each month we'll be coaching together as a cohort. So there will be a number of cohorts that actually make up the larger group that'll be meeting every other month. And those smaller cohorts will consist of about six to eight people, but we'll be meeting twice a month throughout the year. And those are the times when we'll really be diving deep in applying the concepts that we've learned at the half day workshop and really digging into the patterns and the tendencies of those within the cohort, within that smaller group to really be able to effectively administer and effectively apply what we've learned. And I think the beauty in the cohort, the beauty in actually group coaching is the fact that you actually get to sharpen and be sharpened by so many Mm -hmm. other leaders. There's obviously such gold, right. in in one-on-one coaching and having a coach that's really delving in with you. But I also feel like there's something missed when we aren't actually sharing experience with other leaders. I think there's something really beautiful about being able 
excuse me, being able to actually share your experience with others and then hear others' experiences with the tools that we are implementing um, mm-hmm. for the sake of, of sharpening. So it'll be year long process, um, every other month, half day workshops, and then coaching every month, twice a month for 2021. Okay. And I think this podcast that we're recording right now is going to come out at the very beginning of March. So when do people need to get signed up by and how can they do that if they're interested? Yeah. Great question. So the kickoff workshop is March 23rd, which is a Tuesday. So ideally we'll have everybody signed up and ready to go by the Friday before. So that is March 19th, actually, I think. Um, So just that that week before, but really if anybody is interested in it, they can reach out through, again, through the website, they can get right in touch with me um, and I can answer any of the questions that they might have. Well, um, anything else that you want to throw out there, ways that uh, people can connect or things you've got going on that uh, people might find interesting or beneficial? Gosh, I feel like if, if Peloton and Netflix is a platform that we just talked about, I don't think I can one up that with anything else. I'm, I'm pretty sure that the giant platform is one of the most exciting things happening right now um, in yeah. my life. And one of the, one of the ones that I really love sharing, I think, you know, just going back to what we said before, when you have actual tools that are being implemented in not just the team's everyday life, not just in the professional space, but in the personal space and, watching, you know, people that you are working with or people that you have introduced to the tools, whip out a napkin and actually draw it for their dad or for their brother. Mm. It's, it's so gratifying, right? It's so energizing to see that kind of growth and that kind of, um, small step for man, giant step for mankind. That's to (laughs) me, those are, those are my favorite, favorite moments. And so, um, I love sharing anytime I get the opportunity to share any of this kind of material that is, paramount exciting for me like there there is very little else that I get this jazzed to talk about yeah well I appreciate you being on here and uh, talking to everybody about it and I'm sure that you uh, have piqued some people's interest so hopefully uh, you'll get to connect with some people even that have listened to this today and um, yeah so I just I appreciate you being on I'm so appreciative that you had me on Ryan and really just grateful that we connected through the gram of all yeah. places, right? <laughs> random, yeah. random and serendipitous, but so divine. So thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks for listening today to the Invincible Teams podcast. Please consider giving us a rating and a review on whatever podcast platform you are currently using. If you think today's content might be useful for someone you know, please consider sharing it with them. Just a reminder that the Invincible Teams podcast is brought to you by Evergreen. Evergreen provides teamwork training and consulting to help you eliminate office drama and turnover and help you get the most out of your team. Thanks again for listening. And like we always say, we believe that every team should reach their potential and that if we get intentional, our teams can become invincible. See you next time.